You're listening to Splash with Shalene Bryan. Get ready to be splashed with love and laughter to rehydrate your soul. Well, welcome to another episode of Splash. This is a time where we hope that we will splash you with a little love, laughter, and, and encouragement to rehydrate not only your but Barbara and my soul. I'm Shalene Bryan, joined by my buddy, Barbara Cameron. Good morning, everyone. And today we have a very special guest. I'm not going to let you hear from her yet, but she is a dear friend of Barbara and I. Her name is R.D., as in big R, little D. And she's a woman that would seem like probably an unlikely friend of ours, don't you think? I think so. I mean, especially yeah. how I was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how, like for was. sure. And mm-hmm. yet, Artie is smart. She's wonderful. She has integrity. She is dependable. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's been homeless. I know, huh? Yeah. Which is crazy. And I, I'm going to like get into yeah, it. I know so, you well, today, are. I'm I giving know. her a time out, but yeah. she doesn't even. Um, <laughs> but it's interesting how our perspectives and judgments on certain kinds of people can actually paralyze you. That's right. I mean, I, because I love traveling with you, buddy, mm-hmm, all mm-hmm, over the mm-hmm, world, mm-hmm. building kitchens, putting in wells, feeding children. I love the cute little children. It's the greasy chick outside of my Trader Joe's that would bug the crap out of me. And I would walk in a different entrance. Mm-hmm. I would try to avoid her. When I would pull up to the light and people would be begging for money, mm-hmm. I would pull my car up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Don't judge me. You listening. You've done this. If you, you've done this mm-hmm. and you pull your car up so that the door jam blocks their face mm-hmm. and they kind of move. Mm-hmm. And so I would move the car mm-hmm. until the light turned green. Like that was me. Mm-hmm. And yet I called myself a Christian. Mm-hmm. I called myself a follower of Jesus. Right. And that's so opposite of what Matthew says, Matthew 25, right? right. Whatever you did for the least of these, you did for me. That's so right. if you really believe that, Mm-hmm. Act like it, Shalene. Put your money where your mouth is. Mm-hmm. So it was really weird when I got back after traveling, like we did, buddy, mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. over with Skip mm-hmm. One, that I had, I'm just going to have a little <laughs> Dr. Phil moment. I had this serious issue with homelessness. And I write about it in Love, Skip, right. Jep. I'm totally right. honest. I had this issue like... I'm traveling to these countries where people are living on less than $2 a day. You live in the land of opportunity. Get a flipping job. I'll get you a bike and go deliver pizzas. Do anything but beg outside of my Trader Joe's, right? Isn't that arrogant thinking? Ah, I can't even believe it's coming out of my mouth. Like I just I go, Shalene, especially knowing Artie, know. our guest in this box. Like I love her mm-hmm. and I would have missed out on that relationship right. because of my own perception. That's right. It's a perception. And you know, there's so many perceptions even in the Bible that I've gotten in my life and I was dead wrong. I mean, for instance, I mean, just think about, this is what I love so much. I mean, just think about Mary. Mm-hmm. All right. So mm-hmm. here's this mm-hmm. young girl. Mm-hmm. She goes off to stay with her Aunt Elizabeth. Those of you who read the Bible know the story. If not, I'm going to tell it to you. She is the mother of Jesus, right? But she comes back from her Aunt Elizabeth and she's all pregnant. Bear, chicka bear, bear, bear. bear. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And she tries to, if I was her best friend back in the day, and she tries to tell me that she went to Aunt Elizabeth's and the Holy Spirit, some angel, some God right. came and implanted her, I'd be like, you're out of your mind. Right. Like, I'm your best friend. Mm-hmm. What did he look like? Right. Who did you have sex with? I right. want to know his name. Right. And she would have been like, no, I'm not lying, Shalene. I promise. And I'd be like, I'm never speaking to you again. You're a liar. Mm. 
and I would have been dead wrong. That's right. So I think that sometimes there's a lot of us right now that are in situations and places in our lives where we're looking at people and we're not only looking at them, but we're arrogantly looking down Mm -hmm. at them. And it is dangerous. It is so dangerous because not only was I dead wrong about Artie, I was dead wrong about the majority of people that are homeless. Sure, there's 30% out there that is probably crazy, but guess what? My husband's a lawyer and I've met 30% of lawyers that are a little cray cray, yeah, okay? A few people. So, <laughs> right, doctors. <laughs> entertainment. entertainment. Yeah, little entertainment industry, Barbara. <laughs> yeah, little cray cray. So, but in anything, and met some moms in carpool, little cray cray. Right. Right. Um, you know, so, but I don't know why in America we have decided that we are going to turn a blind eye to this. And so today in the splash zone, we're going to open up, we're going to open up about Mm. some truths. So what happened to me in being the founder of skip1.org and having Barbara on the board and our director producer, Matt Warren's here, he's on our board of directors. And it's like, I went in and I said, listen, I've been having this issue with homelessness and I feel like in America, we need to do something and we need to tackle this issue. Why don't we do a thing this Christmas called Skip for the Homeless this holiday? Mm-hmm. I had just met Mark Horvath mm-hmm. because I basically was driving in the car. This was a true story. And I'm like, listen, God, if you want me to do something with the homeless people, you need to rip open the sky and tell me because I'm doing a lot of stuff around the world, right. giving myself right. kudos, patting right. myself on the back, right. which is so dumb. Don't do it. And I literally get this, this invitation to go speak at this Oakley event mm-hmm. For Chris Brogan. That's right. Very random. I just met him too. Mm-hmm. And he said, I want to highlight two of my favorite charities, Skip One and Invisible People. And I'm thinking, oh, like Invisible Children. Mm-hmm. Okay. I get there and I'm sitting at a table with Mark Horvath. And I go, so what's Invisible People? Kind of like the Invisible Children guy. <laughs> he goes, no, actually, we are shining the light on homeless people. As God and, knocks you in the head upside down. Right? Like, who punked me? <laughs> who just sat this guy next to me? I go, what do you do? He goes, yeah, we're we're trying to put a face on homelessness. Mm. YouTube had just given him the homepage. He goes, why don't you come down and be a guest chef at a homeless shelter? I'm like, put your okay. money where your mouth is. Right? Yep. So I don't even cook, right? But I'm like, I'll go. I'll take Barbara. She cooks. <laughs> so Barbara and I go down and we're guest chefs at this homeless shelter in Glendale. And I meet women who looked just like us, mm-hmm. who were just one paycheck away from being homeless. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these shelters, you have to be drug tested before mm-hmm. you get in. Mm-hmm. I, Anyone listening right now, we go every Christmas down to a shelter and we are guest chefs on Christmas morning. It is the most amazing mm-hmm. Christmas morning we've had. We've been doing for it for years. years. Mm-hmm. And I got done doing that and I was so jacked up on Mountain Dew and I don't even drink Mountain Dew that I went to the board <laughs> meeting at Skip One and said, hey guys, we're going to do this big event called Skip for the Homeless this holiday and pack these things called glove bags. Mm-hmm. G-love, G-love. They fit in the glove box of your car. Mark Horvath says homeless people always need socks, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Socks, a bottle of water, granola mm-hmm. bar, maybe some mm-hmm. bus tokens, mm-hmm. maybe a prepaid phone mm-hmm. card. Mm-hmm. Um, and it fits in your glove box. Right. And then the next time you see a homeless person, Shalane, instead of putting your door jam in their <laughs> face, right. why right. don't you roll down your That's window right. and have a positive interaction right. with the homeless person and maybe hear their story. Yeah. And I think one of the cool things that Mark, and I want to get this right statistic, I'm pulling it up right now on my computer, is he was sharing with me that there was about 11,000 people in L.A who are homeless and wait yeah and there's 5,500 churches right in this and I went wait what Mark and he goes yeah and I'm thinking if every Every church took two people that's right the whole congregation took two homeless people and and help them 
it would take care of it in LA, right? Um, So there's 11,055 churches. So that was in my mind. Mm -hmm. So when I woke up the next morning, I thought, what if every person Mm -hmm. took one homeless person and said, I'm going to give this person the leg up of a lifetime? Like I knew someone who owned an apartment building. I have friends who change their furniture every time Pottery Barn gets their new fall catalog. Mm -hmm. Just came out too, by Mm -hmm. the way. Mm -hmm. And I have friends who, you know, would absolutely back up a U-Haul and furnish the place and help get the, skip one could help get the lights on. So I called Mark the next morning and I said, Mark, this glove bag skip for the homeless event was awesome, but I feel like I'm supposed to do more than that. Mm -hmm. I contacted a friend of mine. He has a a apartment number two, Mm -hmm. male apartment number two in Van Nuys. And do you have someone that can afford, you know, like 750 bucks a month and Mm -hmm. skip one.org will turn the lights on because of all of you listening right now that Mm -hmm. go on to skip one.org. Thank you by the way, because this is what helps people like RD who you're going to hear in a minute. Um, but just literally get the lights on and the power because it's expensive. That's right. Homeless people make a little money. They make money. They just don't have enough. To... Right. First, last, security, turn that's, the water, the power. That's right. It's a fortune. That's right. And so he goes, I do. I, I, her name is R.D. And I'm thinking her name's Road. And he goes, no, big R, little D. And I go, okay. I said, well, listen, the apartment's going to be ready on February 1st. Mm-hmm. He goes, we'll be there. And that was when the games Mm. begin. And those of you listening who have listened to season one, you know Barbara is West Coast Martha Stewart. Just never been to jail. Oh, now you've been to jail now too. (laughs) So you just weren't serving in jail. Martha, she's just, you know. um, (laughs) Okay, I just got that one. Sorry. (laughs) Can we get a splash in here? Um, So Barbara Mm. literally decorates this apartment I mean, it was just off the hook. And we had friends that, that brought a U-Haul and a gay furniture and clothing. And I think there was enough Everything. toilet paper in there yeah, for a year. I, I mean, people were just gracious. Everybody just contributed and just had a heart to just do this. It was beautiful. <laughs> and was so beautiful. the day arrives, and you can watch this at shalenebryan.com, by the yep, way. Yep. Uh, Love Skip Jump. It's The chapter is uh, the mailbox at apartment two. But I remember this day like mm-hmm. it was yesterday. yesterday. Uh-huh. Um, so I want to get your perspective because when Mark pulled up with the van, mm-hmm. um, we had set everything up mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and out of the van pops an Artie. Welcome to the Splash Zone. (laughs) She's real. This woman changed my life and my lens. Yes, she has. She pops out of this little van. What are you, 4'11"? Oh, I wish. No, I'm about five foot one, five one and a half on a good day. Five (laughs) two. Yeah, maybe in pumps, but anyway. (laughs) Are you five one? Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. I, I better still be. Oh, look at she's sitting up tall in the studio now. She just <laughs> sat up really, really tall. But she hops out of Mark Horavas' van. Mm. She had been in the in the shelter there in Glendale, which you have to be drug tested to get in there. Right. A lot of people, you're wrong about that too. There are mm-hmm. some shelters that you can get involved with and you're not, that you're listening and you need to maybe do that this Thanksgiving mm-hmm. or Christmas. But she hops out of there waving her arms. You guys have to go see ShaleneBryan.com and click on her video, The Mailbox at Apartment 2, about the glove bags because she was everything, all that in a bag of chips yes, for me. she was. Yes, and she, was. she runs up to Barbara, gives her joy. a hug immediately. <laughs> we, we couldn't hug her quick enough. Yeah. She's just this tiny little thing. And we start walking. I hand her the key. Uh-huh. 
This is what I'm remembering. Mm-hmm. And we start to walk through. Do you remember this? Um, the breezeway there, RD. Yep. And you go, wow, mm. I haven't seen one of those in a while. And there was a swimming pool in front because Artie was on f- the first floor and there was a pool right there. I go, yeah, you have a view of the pool from your, your window mm-hmm. there. And she goes, no, not the swimming pool. I haven't seen one of those. Right. As she points at the bank of mailboxes. That's right. And I was like, I know. Wow. And that just, oh, for me, I was like, wow. She hasn't even had anybody be able to give her mail or, or, I mean, we look at mailboxes sometimes as presents, you know, yeah. sometimes not because bills. you got the bills, <laughs> but sometimes it's a, it's a, a letter from some, somebody, just, um, some kind of communication mm-hmm. and wow, just for that mailbox to mean so much to her. She grabbed her heart. She was just like, I haven't seen one of those in a in long, time. long time. And I was like, oh. And then and I was Barbara like, Barbara had wait. put her name on it, R.D., because you're such a good decorator, buddy. R.D., apartment two. So, <sighs> and then she saw between the fence was the swimming pool. Yeah. There yeah. was the swimming pool. She goes, oh, there's a swimming pool. <laughs> and then we walked through the gate. Yes. And then you handed her the keys. Yeah. Do you remember that, R.D.? I remember bits and pieces because my mind is a little helter-skelter, so to speak. (laughs) Right. But the day we gave Mm. you the key and you walked in, I think one of the things that I loved was her Remember that, what she said? I know, because I think she expected to see an an empty apartment. Oh, yes. And I can tell you what I said. Yeah. Whoa! Someone has moved in here before I even got here. That's right, you did. It's one of the few things I can remember mm. clearly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it had everything: couch, tables, chairs, dinnerware, um, everything for the bathroom, everything for the kitchen, everything. It was great. You know what I always wanted to ask you, Artie? Hmm, what was that? Was when we left you that day. What did you do? I blew my nose on toilet paper. No, I know that sounds uncouth. <laughs> But the reality is, Mm. if you have nowhere to blow your nose, that's a huge boon. Wow. Yeah, So, but I mean, when the door closed and you were alone. It was surreal. Mm. Because you may not be aware of this, but people tend to carry with them what they have, what they have not, where they are. That's why there are subcultures within the homeless community. That's why there are subcultures within your communities. And I don't mean you as being different, but you as having a different community than folks from the poverty side of the spectrum. And it was totally surreal. I turned around in circles for I don't know how long, going, there are walls, there's a door. I have a high PTSD response to noise. So anything that went on outside, I was literally jumping. And mm. wait, nobody can get in to hurt me. Oh, you had that high talk for a fear. Being on the street. Oh yes, yes. A fear. Rape, on the, oh, wow. beating, knifings, mm. shootings, none of which has changed since 2011, mm. and has gotten worse. In fact, now in 2018. You know, R.D., before you were homeless, I mean, you had a job. I had lots of jobs. <laughs> but you had a job working in an IT support. Yes. Uh, in a law firm. So how did it happen that you became homeless? Oh, it was very easy. I mean, homelessness has followed me throughout my life. Only when I was younger, we didn't call it homelessness. We were without a place to stay. Mm. 
you know, I, you know, didn't have rent. I was on the street for a bit, whatever, but you were not called homeless because even then in the community that I was brought up in, homelessness meant that you were a derelict, Mm -hmm. you were a drunkard or an addict. Mm -hmm. You were most notably a man because at that point in time, part of the schema, and you've got to understand, I was born in, in the fifties, right? Mm -hmm. So when I was young, even in the fifties and sixties, you, we, not you, but we Mm -hmm. looked at homelessness as being something terrible, something Mm -hmm. bad. And you were just scum of the earth Mm -hmm. if you were homeless. So when I was without shelter, which is what I call it now, if I was unsheltered, then it didn't occur to me that I was homeless until the fourth or fifth time that it happened. And by the time that I had met you, that was probably around the sixth or seventh time that I had been homeless. Only this time I was for real homeless and I knew it to be homeless. Mm-hmm. So when we met you, mm-hmm. um, because you knew Mark Horvath, mm-hmm. and you were at the time, I believe, at the shelter in Glendale, or were you just leaving there? Um, no, actually, by the time that I had met you, I had left the shelter for reasons of my own because right. I won't go into those yeah. at the moment. but. I was literally in winter shelter. Oh, at the armory. I, yes. Okay, oh, we, so we saw there. the armory. Yeah. Remember you brought yeah. the yes. scarves, yeah. Barbara? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow, with the cots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. And I had made the choice to go there rather than be where I was. Okay, copy that. So the day that you show up, and, and I just need to say something because I would love to put a glass slipper on this story because that's what we do. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've been in the movie business, buddy, mm-hmm. but... We're going to be really transparent and real on Splash, as we always have been, because I'm, I learned something once again about myself, and I'm, I want to publicly just say I'm sorry, Artie, that I took my eye off you. I think sometimes we help people, and I would hear from the landlord that you would pay your rent on time early every month for seven years. Yep. I mean, seven years, mm-hmm. um, and... I kind of was like, Artie's doing great. She's doing great. And yeah. that's what people think. Mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons I'm why. I'm so angry with myself. Like, that's Artie's great, you know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she came and spoke at our Skip One Night event a couple years ago. And mm-hmm. people were gave you a standing ovation. Mm-hmm. I mean, shared the story. Um, people have helped homeless people in ways now personally because of your story. And... As we were doing this splash show, I said, buddy, let's have Artie on. And Artie has so much integrity. Um, she is extremely honest, mm-hmm. which is very rare uh, in people anymore. And I call her and I said, Artie, want to have you on the show? We're doing this splash podcast. And she goes, I'd love to, but I need to be honest with you, Shalene. I've been homeless for the last year. Mm-hmm. If I could have I... reached through the frippin' phone in that moment and, and, and yanked her over here, I'm like, what are you talking about? And tell me why. Because you're being a woman of your word and your integrity were not, your rent went up three times, because my friend didn't own the building anymore, by the way. Probably five years ago, he sold it. The new landlord comes in and tell us what happened. Tell our listeners. Um. <clears throat> Excuse me, this would have happened no matter what. Okay. No matter who it was. It did, however, accelerate because the new owner would take the rents up as far as they can. It was the first time in my life that I had ever been charged dimes and nickels for rent increases. 
when I started at the apartment, I was paying approximately $600, which was more than I could afford, but I was bound and determined I was going to make it. When I left, I was paying $745.35. Um, now, that may not seem like a huge increase to you, hmm. but to me, on a Social Security disability fixed income, Mm -hmm. with the proviso that if I go out and make money, my Social Security disability, if I make over X amount, I lose my Social Security disability. They take out as much as I make, and if I don't have insurance or anything covering me, it's like being stuck between a rock and a hard place. You want to go out and do, you know you can right. go out and do, and you can't. So I was looking, even at the second month that I was in the coveted number two apartment, okay? <laughs> I already knew from then that there was going to be a time when the numbers weren't going to mix. Mm. So you said seven years. Let me correct that to closer to eight, okay. almost eight years. I didn't want to exaggerate. Mm. No, okay. no. Eight years is an exaggeration. Seven years, nine months, something yeah, like wow, that is, wow. is probably about accurate. And the last six of those months, I knew this is a matter of math. You can't change math, at mm -hmm. least not here on our earth. <laughs> two plus two equals four. Right. You cannot make it equal anything else. Well, if you take A as being my Social Security income and you take B as being the rent and you take C, D, E, and F as being utilities, phone, right. things that you need to live on, mm. All of those added up did not equal what my income was. Mm. And I, I could see it. Right. Now, when you are on the streets, you do not want an eviction on your recent records. No landlord, even if they are begged, will rent to you if you have an eviction. So I literally knew that I was going to be homeless. Again, the same as I knew I was going to be homeless in 2010, so nine already, months before. After having your own home for eight years, I mean, what was that like? And what were you feeling inside? I mean, were you angry, broken? I mean, how did you find it within yourself to keep pressing on? Um... I don't know how to answer that in a few words, so let me get started, and you can kind of guide my responses if I wander off. I, <laughs> I wander off a lot. Okay. Well, that makes two of us. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> when you find me, please send me home. Thank you very much. No. Sorry about that. Um, I have a tendency to do what is needed, and the reality was I had things that I was not willing to let go of, mm -hmm. things that I had spent time trying to pull my own entrepreneurship together mm -hmm. on, mm -hmm. things that I now have because a benefactress paid to have everything that I had in storage moved to my current apartment. Well, that was skipone.org, so it's not me. It's, it's mm -hmm. people that are listening right now that skip things that help people here in America like you. So thank you for the, our listeners yes. that splashed you with that love because yes. what a blessing that I called that day. So I want to go back, though, to Barbara's question because you 
did not want an eviction notice on your record. You yes. had a clean, perfect, I mean, like I said, my friend who owned the building before said, man, does she have any homeless friends? Like she pays like like a slot machine. She's like on time every time. Like it's amazing. You would pay early your rent actually. And so here you have this track record of almost eight years of faithfully paying your rent. You realize A plus B doesn't equal C, so you get out mm-hmm. and you Make an effort. I'm going to stick all this stuff in storage here in Van Nuys by this apartment because I'm going back on the street. And I've been on the street seven or eight times. So I know what's that I don't want to be, mm. I need to travel light. Yes. And here you are in your 60s mm. and you, where do you go, Artie? That's very difficult to answer. Let me lead you to this. Okay. If you are entering homelessness, and you are not within one of the three groups that are being helped by the CES system. And I'm sorry, I can't give you what CES That's means okay. right now. My brain won't Google it, carry people. It. Yeah. yeah. Um, you are required before you are going to be helped by any agency in California and other states. Mm-hmm. This is national. You are required to be on the streets, not on someone's couch, not on someone's floor. Not in a car. Not in a car. Not in a place where you have some possibility of not being raped or beaten. You must be on the streets for 365 days, one year. What? Mm. Serious. Before they'll help you? Yes, before you qualify to be housed. In the system. That is crazy. It is crazy. That is crazy. And the thing that is aggravating about it is the last place that I spent, I've been on Skid Row (sighs) for about, I don't know, two and a half, three months. I don't even like to walk Skid Row. I couldn't imagine sleeping there. It's a very dangerous place. I've been there. It's it's very dangerous. Mm -hmm. And I was in a shelter that... My, I had three caseworkers from three different agencies, and this was a mental health agency that was attempting to get me into this shelter on Skid Row. They spent three hours because they sent me to the wrong place, and I being the person that I am, I couldn't get up and walk away. I had to sit. I was sitting in front of this place while... I was texting to people because I could not get them on the phone. Most caseworkers do not pick up the phone because they receive so many phone calls. Mm. So I was leaving messages. And the person who was a prime example of a brilliant human being who was at, speaking to me from the agency that I was sitting in front of, the, the shelter that I was sitting in front of, said he couldn't let me in. He couldn't do anything for me. And I said, well, I'm, I need to sit out here and contact my other caseworkers, they, between all of them, kept going for three hours until someone finally negotiated to get me into this place, even though I should have been sent to another place. And as it was, it was a boon for me because the gentleman who had been dealing with me in this particular emergency shelter had enough savvy and enough mental capability to recognize that I was turning down the food he was offering me. This makes me 
a very strange homeless person because nobody turns down food. Mm, right. Well, there were reasons for it. I won't go into mm -hmm. them now. And so when he took me in, he became my case advocate. Mm. And he looked at me and said, do you need special food? And I said, yes. Mm. Yeah. I cannot function on most of the food. Well, we have a vegan program here. We only have one wow. person on it now. You would be our second person. Wow. And I said, put me on it. Mm. And that was the prime reason I stayed with this emergency shelter because I no, could God sent eat. you a guardian angel. You know I call it that, Artie. I know, I know you, you don't, it. but I do. It's all it's good. It's like, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. No, it says that in Hebrews. You may be entertaining angels without knowing it right there in the Bible. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. And then I hear about this guy who mm -hmm. becomes her advocate. Right. Why? I mean, it's just, oh my gosh. So okay. I was able to eat once sometimes twice a day, which was heads and tails over what I would be able to eat in any other shelter because I cannot eat wheat. I cannot eat salt. I cannot eat refined sugar. I cannot eat red meat. Which and is it, why you're super tiny. Yeah. Well, that may be too, yeah. but it's why I'm alive <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I, because oh, I don't wow, eat right. these things. Right. And there's a reason I don't eat them. Right. So at this shelter, I was able to get at least enough food for sustenance to make it through the survival mode that you must be in when you are on the streets. Survival so, is not thriving. So Artie, because you know, you call it the universe, I call it the creator of the universe. No, we differ on terms. That's okay, Go for my it. dear friend. Um, what gave you hope? Because you are like one of the most positive people I know. And I, I want to get to the question, but I need, I need to know this. Where do you find hope to go on for you? Let me switch up words on you. Okay. I would like you, instead of thinking of the word hope, okay. to think of the word belief. Now, I know you associate okay. belief with a particular thing. It's called belief. Where did yeah. your belief come from? Okay. My belief comes from the many techniques that I've used and the fact that I had in 2010, when you met me, or 2011, mm -hmm. um, I had met at the shelter, which was the only positive aspect of that shelter, mm -hmm. a therapist that I kept for two years before she moved on to doing other things. And I strongly believe in therapy. I don't believe in psychiatry. I don't want you to put me on meds, but I want to be listened to and I want someone who can give me a reality check and say, are you really sure that that's what you wanna be thinking? Have you been eating grain? <laughs> Have you been eating right. wheat for the last couple of days, RD? Mm -hmm. You know, that type of thing. Um, the difference between hope and belief, and let me make this real clear for you, is hope only allows you to survive. And you can lose that. Because once you have been squashed often enough, hope goes by the wayside. Belief allows you to take action. Hmm. And because I believe and worked very diligently for eight years to change my belief of the universe is against me to the universe is for me. It reminds me of the verse, and I think it's in Hebrews, about what is faith. Right. Faith so it says is, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we cannot see. Right? It's funny, R.D. It's like you're quoting the Bible over there. Yes. I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you with one before you leave, just so you know, because we... I, 
I believe that there's no coincidence that you came into our lives. I believe that there's no coincidence that you're sharing the story with our listeners Mm -hmm. who desperately, they maybe feel like they're in a pit or at the bottom or they're ready to get evicted or they're going in through a divorce or they just found out they had cancer. And there is hope. There's a belief right, that you're talking about, that can be found for us in the God that's letting them breathe right now, that has the plans for your life and their plans to prosper you, not to harm you, their plans to give you a hope and a future. Like your story is not done. You're, you, this, this isn't even finished for you. I mean, the coincidence I was saying before we, we got yeah. on the radio today, I mean, on the air is that when I was listening to Artie, I said, why did God put her, just pressed you on my heart this last week? And I go, I want to have her on the show. And I call her, and that's when she tells me, she wants me to know right away, I don't want to trick your listeners. Right, I was right. just homeless. I just now got into a new place and I'm having to take the red line, the blue line, the green line, mm. buses all over to get my things out of the storage. And I said, no, 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 no. We're going to send a moving truck and get that all over. But I do need an answer to this question for everyone to hear. What is it in you? Or maybe it was me. And you can be totally honest with me. I'd rather be embarrassed this side of heaven that you didn't feel you could call us. Because I want to say for the record right now, I don't ever want to hear that you don't have a shelter or a place to go because you do. Mm -hmm. You have sisters right here sitting here. God Mm -hmm. brought us into your life to be able to help you. And there's going to be times when I might need to call you, RD. But guess what? We're not a coincidence. God dropped us in your life so that when you have an emergency or something happens, Mm -hmm. that your family that knows you and loves you can come around you and help you. You don't need to wait for homeboy sitting on the curb. You text me and it's done. Mm -hmm. You text me and I can negotiate. My husband happens to be a lawyer. I sleep with him. He'll give me free legal. (laughs) Uh, I'm just saying. Well, that's one way to get it. A lot of people have to pay $900 to $1,000. Yeah, well, well, I don't have to do that. And so already, but I mean, even negotiating with the landlord, but I just want to say for the record, you're wanting to, I mean, even when I called her, she goes, and I tell her about the moving truck. She goes, well, I didn't, I don't want to call you. I don't want to ask for anything. You've already mm-hmm. done so much. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait a second. That was like eight years ago. Mm-hmm. But I'm so mad at myself. And, and those of you listening who have helped people today, right now, I want you to circle back around. I don't care if it was eight weeks ago, eight years ago, 18 years ago. You need to check in because God brought those people into your life for a reason. And mm-hmm. we need to check in with them because right. their pride or that or them being so grateful mm-hmm. Um will maybe prevent them. And that's what I'm thinking. But is mm-hmm. that the answer? I mean, why didn't you go, I got to call Shalene. Shalene's not going to want me on the street. I can answer that. For okay. You. I'm dying to know it. Well, please don't do that. I like your life. <laughs> I'm living to know it. Thank How about you that? So, yes, much better. There is a tendency of people, whether this is true of you and Barbara and you, Shalene, I don't know. Okay. But I can tell you that there is a tendency among people to want to fix the homeless who are doing things because that fix, oh, I did this. I did this for this person. They're Mm -hmm. better off now. I feel good. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that unless that's the only reason that it's being done for. And I've got to tell you that I don't know If that's where you're coming from, I don't think so because I know you and I know you guys and I like you. But the reality is 
I have been in a position so often, and I'm still in a position because I still have to deal with all my caseworkers. I have a year this time that I have to deal with a caseworker about the apartment that I currently have. I won't call it a home. It's a studio for me right now. But that's another story. The reality is I'm tired of being fixed. I'm not broken. That's when you first mm. met me, I was not broken. Right. And there are some of us. Now, dignity is a word that's mm. been thrown out. We, we want to give you dignity. No, no, I had dignity. It's whether or not the people see me with the dignity that they have. And it can be very difficult for a person like me who knows how to do things, I can't do them because of my physical incapacities and some of my mental quirks and that type of thing, but who knows and can see because I see these energies. I see them coming from people. I see these patterns. That's how I've lived. I recognize patterns. And I will not place myself in a position where I have to go to someone and say, would you please fix me? Mm. I'm not broken. And to come to you and say, hey, guess what, Shalene? I'm homeless again. It's like saying, look at me. I am nothing. Mm. I am broken. I won't do that. You could call it pride on my part. You could call it not knowing you. But I didn't feel comfortable. Mm. And I'm going to say to everyone on the other side of this speaker. Yes. Microphone. Microphone. Well, they're listening through a That's speaker. That's right. They are. Okay. Amen. And I'm looking at a, at a microphone, which I just thumped with my finger. Oh, <laughs> how good is that? Um, people are not necessarily going to approach you, especially if you they feel that you're unapproachable or if they have certain visions about themselves. It does not make them wrong. It does not make them unfixable. It just means there's not enough communication, open communication. So I will take your word, Shalene, that the next time, not only did I have a coup that needs to be shared and said, woohoo, celebrate this with me, woman, <laughs> but the next time that there is something that is going wrong, I can say, you know, I'm really in the doldrums here. I've got something going wrong. You yes. got any ideas for me? Yes. So I will put that in my little cell phone with a note reminding me that I have made a commitment to do this with you. Does that answer your question? Yes. Mm. I hope it answers a lot of our listeners' questions. I mean, for me, it's... I feel like I didn't want to suffocate you, you know? Like, hey, you want to go to lunch this month? Or, hey, I'm in your area. Or, hey, hey. Um, because you were thriving, you know? I mean, I had been by... We did that one event at your apartment for all your neighbors, which was super fun. And you'd gone to lunch with Barbara a few times. You've come to our events. Actually, Artie is so amazing. I, I mean, I wish you guys could see her um, in the studio right now. She actually punked me on the Steve Harvey show. She was so grateful for what we did, Skip One did, and helping her get into the apartment that when my book, Love, Skip, Jump, was coming out, I got a call from the Steve Harvey show. They asked me to come on and share about the book and Skip One. Barbara came with me. We flew to Chicago. Mm -hmm. We had this amazing time. And as I go on the stage to meet Steve, um, I share about my book. I share about our charity and what we're doing all around the world. And he goes, that's actually 
not the only reason why we brought you here. Someone from your past. And I went, what? I'm thinking high school, like what happened? <laughs> and Artie walks out. And you can Google this. You can put in, you know, Steve Harvey, Shalene Bryan. It'll come up. Artie comes out mm-hmm. on stage and said, I wanted to try to find a way to thank you for helping me get my dignity back. And I just want you to know that that is my desire as long as I'm on this earth, Artie, that I will keep you keeping your dignity. And Shalene's a woman of her word. Yes. Just so you know. We're not here to fix you or rescue Mm -mm. you. Matter of fact, I believe God's in the victory business. He's going to do that. But he brought me in your life for a reason. And going through this world, just like the Bible says, in this world, there's going to be trouble. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. That's why we need to be doing community together. Yeah, we live in different communities, RD. But I don't look down on your community. And I hope you don't look down at mine. We we intersected paths for a reason, for a divine purpose, for something great than who we are. Mm-hmm. And so I want to extend to you, first of all, that Barbara and I and the whole Skip One team, we're here. We're family. Yes, we're here. We love you. Mm-hmm. And we are a text away. Not because I need to fix you, but sometimes we just need to go through life together. We want to get another perspective. Hey, how would you handle this? Can Bryce read this for me? Can someone look over that? I mean, if I didn't have the friends and people in my, I call them my hula hoop space, like my life would suck. Like I'm so grateful God brought those people into my life. And I believe he brought us into yours. And so I want to be available to you. And I want to also ask for your forgiveness. If I took my eye off of that, it wasn't intentional. It was definitely ignorance on my part. I was like, oh, she's good. And we had just seen you at the Skip One Night event in 2015. And I'm thinking, so when I called you to see if you'd come on in the splash zone, it was a wake up call for me. I mean, I literally have contacted every single person that I've helped in the last five years. Because I'm thinking, Shalene, you you don't take your eye off the ball here. You helped those people, and it wasn't just to make me feel good. That's not who I am. It maybe used to be, but it's not who I am today. Um, our team at Skip One and the people that listen to the show know that in order for you to get in that apartment, that there is expenses that you would not normally be able to handle that just you get you get hit with just like if we were supposed to move into a new apartment so we'd like to present you today with a check for two thousand five hundred dollars here you go Artie, to be able to help you get the lights this isn't a thing just get the things on that you have to get on and get things in order um that you need to get into order and our skip one team is just so honored that you came on the show today. Mm-hmm. We are it's the splash zone our listeners we need to get rehydrated with truth sometimes get our eyes off of ourselves mm. I uh, I can't even talk. Well, let me in, intrude for a moment with my ability to talk since my teeth are staying in at this particular <laughs> moment in time. And first of all, let me say thank you. You're welcome. And a, a bit of honesty and transparency on my part. The fact that I'm not fighting it but you about this. Thank you. Yes. Because yes. I could take you down, Artie. Just well, you <laughs> could try. Yes, you could. And physiologically, you could take me down. Okay. I would never do that. Whether you could keep me there or not. <laughs> yeah. Not, no. There's, there, there's no... The reality that people... That I want people to understand is that when you, whoever you are, are dealing with someone, whoever that someone is, there are barriers 
that you may have no right. idea about. Mm, right. For instance, if I say the word homeless, does your mind immediately go to thought leader, entrepreneur, achiever, trainer, no. well-read? No. Well, those are me. Yeah. Mm, that's right. Does your mind go to lazy, addict, smelly, pervert, illiterate, ignorant, selfish, self-absorbed? It mm. used to. Yeah. Well, those have been me also. Mm. I'm not an addict in, in the sense of drug yeah, you addict. You could take aspirin. Yeah, I Yeah, know. <laughs> but an addict mm. in the sense of I have to depend on myself because mm. I can't trust anyone else. That's just as much of an addiction mm. as any physiological addiction. So the fact that I'm taking this from you should be a big thing. Yes. For you, as well as for me, because I'm going to have to deal with this on my own when I can break down and cry and get upset, <laughs> which I can't do here in your studios, because then we'd have to stop for hours. <laughs> I do want you to know, everyone, that when you are dealing with someone and it's in a helping situation... It's not a matter of giving to them or me. Mm -hmm. It's a matter of acknowledging them, giving mm -hmm. them space, holding space for them, for me to be. So with that said, you look particularly much more composed, and I'm going to turn the mic back over to you. <laughs> to Barbara. <laughs> what were you thinking, buddy? What was... Oh, I was thinking just what she said about um, just bringing more clarity and wisdom in your experiences of where you've been, what you've been through, how you've dealt with things. Because it was more of a, it was a need, not a want like we mm. have. We always want so many things. Right. And yet it was a, it's, it's a need, it's survival. It's, um, I mean, I look at you, RD, we're not that far apart in age. Mm. We could be twinsies. I know, huh? <laughs> so, and I, I just, um. I want to go back to this now because I want to hear those words from you again. Yeah. Because they just, um, they just really penetrated my heart. And I don't want to forget that. I don't want to miss that. Well, it's a good thing you're recording this then. That's right. Because I will have forgotten in two seconds exactly what I said, but I'll have the gist of it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, Artie, we want to thank you. Thank you, Artie. Thank you for Ubering here, you. coming all the way from L.A. and just joining us in the Splash Zone and splashing mm. us with a little wisdom and mm -hmm. truth mm -hmm. and a little ouch today. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, for me, for sure. And also for trusting us. Mm -hmm. um, we're not here for a goosebump moment. We want to be here to run this race with you. Um, and Jeremiah and, 29, 11, yeah. you know, God's plan for you, R.D. And I mean, I know we're in different places in our beliefs, but we are all broken. Mm. All of us are broken in some way. None of us are, are perfect. And um, so you, I think having you here today just uh, is going to give a lot of people a lot of wisdom and insight and have them reflect back on themselves and um, how they can maybe 
look at homeless people differently or unsheltered people differently. Mm. I mean, that's a word now. I don't think I'll ever use homeless, but maybe don't have a shelter. Um, and if and I, I could just add one quick thing to that, I know that you're on a train of thought, but the reality is a person is not counted as homeless if they are not on the streets or in an emergency shelter. If there are four people living in one bedroom, mm. that does not count as homeless, right. but those people are homeless. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, go ahead. No, that's right. That's right. So anyway, I just, you know, again, I, I know God has plans for you. I know he is using you. Mm. Uh, I know that we are a vessel also um, to um, take our eyes off of ourselves, take our eyes and focus more on him. And um, I'm just grateful that you're in our lives and yeah, that, that we're all working together. Yeah. Thank you just for your yeah. honesty and your courage to be here too. I mean, I'm just... Oh, I just got splashed. But for those of you listening, thank you so much for tuning in. And please spread the word um, about Splash and, and the Splash Zone. And if you want to subscribe, it's free. Um, you can find us on Podbean, SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram, the Splash Podcast. And until next time, jump in, splash, make some cannonballs, <laughs> and love someone that you don't know today. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us today. Come splash with us at shaleenbryan.com.